Box cutters. Box cutters. Box cutters. Box cutters. Welcome to Box Cutters, episode three. I'm Josh Canal. With me again, Ross McQueen. Hi, hi. And Brett Cropley. Evening, viewers. Nice one. I'm looking forward to that every week now. Every week. Mm. It will never get old. It never did with hoes. It hasn't in 20 years. No. (laughs) What can I tell you? It's good. If you're uh, tuning into Box Cutters for the first time ever, uh, this is, of course, radio for the internet where we talk about TV. Mm. TV, TV, and nothing but TV. We talk about uh, the TV that's on in Australia, uh, some Melbourne-centric television watching, uh, as well as stuff that we may have found on our hard drives during the week. Uh, I sometimes mm-hmm. do find television shows on my hard drive. I found some excellent TV shows on your hard drive last week. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know how they get there. They just get there. I watch them. It's wonderful. <laughs> Especially with the new fall season starting in the United States. Uh, I am uh, getting a chance to check out some of the brand new shows. So I'll be reviewing one of those later on. Uh, That's, of course, the, the uh, autumn season for local listeners. But they call it the fall season. Yeah, because that's their season. But Whereas over here, and in the rest of the world, it's autumn. But, but television-wise, it's just known as the fall season. I think maybe because they're, uh, they're Vivaldi fans. The what? Hey? Vivaldi fans. <laughs> fall seasons. <laughs> Isn't that four seasons? It is. Yes, it is. That was the whole joke. I, I did explain before we came on air that uh, I'm a little bit vague today, so please excuse me if uh, you notice any of that. Well, that's, that's fine because it was my turn last week. In fact, if you do notice any of that, send us an email, theboxcutters at gmail.com. First one! Nice one. <laughs> nice one. We, uh, our, uh, our blog and show notes, by the way, are still up at boxcutters.littlerunningbear.com. As they will forever. <laughs> They'll be up. Not necessarily there. Because yes, they'll be up. Not not there, because Brett hates it. <laughs> I don't hate it. It's, it's just too just long. difficult to say. Little yeah. Running Bear is a, a hard domain to say. It is. It's very long. You know, that cost me like 10 bucks. <laughs> hey, it's, it's a, it brings up a beautiful image, but when you're <laughs> following bucks. box cutters with Little Running Bear... Yeah, that's, it, it is a bit hard okay. to say. Boxcutters.littlerunningbear.com. That's where you can find all the show notes. Coming up uh, later today in the show, which will run on time this week, mm-hmm. uh, we'll be talking about the Emmy Awards, uh, which were on earlier this week. We'll have some ads. Ross, you're going to talk about some new shows. Yes, indeed. Uh, we're going to talk about new series of Survivor, which started last Friday night in Australia, last Thursday night in the US. Is anybody still watching that? Yes. Yeah, a lot of people are. A lot of people are. In fact... Did you not see it? Nope. Oh, it was very exciting. Two-thirds of the people hosting this show. (laughs) In fact, all those on this side of the bench. Yes. Yes. This is the survivor side of the desk, (laughs) Brad. Well, how does that work then? Because Jeff Probst was on uh, the Emmys over the week. Survivor isn't... Like, like they shoot all of Survivor. We'll talk about this when we talk about Survivor, (laughs) Brad. All right. And we'll have reviews at Ray Watch. Uh, Ross has a special segment about the Herald Sun. And then again, Glenn Close is coming in. Excellent. Oh, no, it just says Close on, the, <laughs> on my sheet here. It must mean Glenn Close. So uh, let's go into some news to start with. Box cutters. Save the Muppets. Save them? This is a huge news item. Huge news item. For years, since, uh, since the Muppets were created, mm-hmm. there was a, a, a main theory 
of one Muppet, one performer. Okay. Really? Yes. No. No, Ernie and Kermit. Yeah, but only after he died. Only after Jim Henson died. Really? Did someone else take over did Ernie Jim and Kermit? Did Jim Henson not do Ernie? Jim Henson did do Ernie. Yeah, so what are you saying? That's not one, one performer, one I have Muppet. no idea what you're talking about. Er, so no one else was allowed to be Ernie, except oh, for Jim Henson. Okay. That's what I mean. Sorry, one Muppet, one performer. Yes. No, none of this franchise crap no. like... Uh, Puppetry of the Penis. Yes. Uh, like the Wiggles. <laughs> exactly. Uh, or, uh, or Barney. Or Blue's Clues. None of that. Come on, there's or only one Barney. Australia's own the panel, I believe. Yes. <laughs> it's been sold to many countries. Mm. In Moldavia? Oh, I... <laughs> I just thought you meant there was a bunch of people at a desk with hands up their asses. Oh, right. But... <laughs> <laughs> So this, so this has been a, a big thing in, in Muppet philosophy for a long time, that only one performer could perform that specific Muppet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what about Sesame Street? Is also, it the same principle? Yes. It, that's a principle for Muppets worldwide. Right. And uh, Mu- Muppets are now owned by Disney. What? Yes. The uh... Muppets, Muppets Holding Company, and this is, uh, you, you can find all this information out on savethemuppets.com. Mm-hmm. That's simple. Savethemuppets.com. Mm-hmm. And we'll have it up on our show notes as well. Muppets Holding Company, which owns and controls the Muppets on behalf of its parent company, Disney, is currently auditioning to cast multiple performers for these characters. Under MHC's plan, a large roster of anonymous puppeteers would be interchangeable with the established Muppet performers, whose careers and lives are so closely linked with their characters, blah, 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 blah. It's a, a large part of Jim Henson's legacy... With the Muppets, that is just going to shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when did Disney buy the Muppets? I don't know. I'll find that out. It's it's. I mean, it's a little bit like Pixar, and Pixar are doing, as far as uh, I've heard, everything everything they can to uh, actually get out of the company so yeah. they can actually get back to doing some good work. Yeah, I believe um, the last one was their the last picture with their deal. They're on their own now, aren't they? I believe after the um, what was the last one Pixar did? Uh. Finding Nemo? No, uh, The Incredibles. Yeah, I, I believe they're out of their deal now. Well, don't Disney get it? No, they don't. Why, why do they screw with a, with a, with a successful product? Because uh, franchising is king in the business world. And just say you can't get Frank Oz to play Miss Piggy, mm-hmm. well, just get someone else to play Miss Piggy. Because Frank Oz is too busy making films or whatever. But or Frank Oz is asking for too much money. We'll just get someone else to... Me, to Don't they to understand do how that devalues their assets? Uh, well, the thing is, it only devalues their assets to the fans from their point of view. Like, to the, to the really hardcore fans, mm. to the people who grew up with the Muppets. But for the new kids, they don't know the difference. They have no idea. But there is a huge campaign on to Save the Muppets. Mm -hmm. If you go to SaveTheMuppets.com, you can find out more about that. I'll be doing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there a a petition? uh, Actually, no, they're asking for letter writing campaigns. Oh, okay. Excellent. Which which is a a lot more important than an online petition. Online petitions don't mean a thing. I've got this visual image of the count counting all the letters that come in. (laughs) (laughs) That's one! One letter! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah, you can uh, you can write letters to uh, to various people at the Muppets Holding Company, and uh, if you want 
information about that, contact us at theboxcutters at gmail.com. I'm getting all confused. I'm confusticated. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, email us, theboxcutters at gmail.com, and I can forward that to you, or you can just check out savethemuppets.com. Yep. Brett, you've got some news? Uh, I do. Um, shall we jump onto the Emmys? No, the Emmys is on. way later. What are you talking about? Hey, uh, have he you, he ha- did warn us it's going to be a bit <clears> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you might have, uh, if, if you are local, and I'm not sure if it's been sold into uh, other territories, Kath and Kim. It uh, was an ABC series, comedy series, uh, that has been knocking out audiences and killing the ratings as far as, relative to uh, what the ABC usually do. Um, I think it, it won the ratings like several weeks in a row mm-hmm. in Australia, which the ABC never, ever, ever does. There you go. Well, they're making a, a tally movie. Ooh, <laughs> could, that could either be brilliant or ridiculously painful and pathetic. Much like the last episode of Rockstar in Excess. <laughs> <laughs> ah, um, yes. So keep an eye out for that one. I'll uh, have more news as it comes to hand. Uh, it's um, it's been quite successful in the UK, hasn't it? I believe, Kath and Kim. I believe they sold it to yeah, the UK, I've... and it's done quite mm-hmm. well over there. So well, much so that they moved it to perhaps it was on BBC Two, and they moved it to One or something along those lines. Oh, we can find out about that. We'll find out about it, put it mm. up on the show notes. Well, of course, the UK uh, played Sylvania Waters way back in the early 90s. Sylvania Waters was the uh, the forerunner to uh, the Osbournes. The guy who created the Osbournes uh, was a big fan of Sylvania Waters and oh, okay. wanted to do the same thing. Okay. So that's how far that reached. But, of course, Kath and Kim is, uh, is pretty much taking the template of uh, Sylvania Waters, uh, but just making it realer. <laughs> yes. yes, it's either making it more real or just making it surreal. Um, bit, lots of uh, stuff going down over the week uh, with Mark Latham and the release of his diaries. Mm. Yes, that was big news as far as uh, television rights go. Well, big news as far as Australian politics went, big news as far as all media coverage and exclusivity went. Mm. Yes. Um, news Limited, uh, owned by Rupert Murdoch. Uh, also part of the Fox family, um, had uh, apparently the number one exclusive uh, to launch the story um, That's in their only, papers. Yeah, only as far as papers go. Yes. And that exclusivity uh, held with the, uh, the, the one point that Andrew Denton was allowed the first television interview to yep. go to air. Yep. Tony Jones... Meanwhile, had been uh, <laughs> cutting their grass <laughs> and uh, going over to, to Mark's place uh, just quietly and uh, L- literally, <laughs> literally went over to his house yes. as mates, and then went, eh, "How about an interview?" And Latham's gone, "Oh, okay, I'll have do an interview. I'm very happy to do interviews. I like doing interviews. I'm a public citizen now." And uh, stay at home dad, I think. Yeah, yeah. stay at stay at home dad, private citizen. Uh, that's the the sort of thing that I do. And Tony Jones on Late Line wanted to air that last Thursday night. Uh, meanwhile, yep. News Limited were prepared to run their story on the weekend and Enough Rope with Andrew Denton wasn't supposed to go to air until Monday night. I think they were going to go on the Friday, News Limited. Um, but they actually they they previewed it on the Thursday. Yes. Um, so breaking their own exclusivity date, 
Um, then then News Limited heard about uh, what the ABC were doing with Denton, went to the uh, a federal court of some S- sort? Supreme Court. Su- federal Supreme Court. I went to the Supreme- well, for an injunction, which was granted. And then the ABC lawyers uh, went back to the judge and showed them the papers and, and said, and no, said- these guys have already broken uh, the agreement. And uh, the judge uh, reversed that decision and let them all go through. But this didn't happen until it had been announced that Denton uh, was going to go to air and then wasn't going to go to air due to a legal injunction and then did go to air mm. and, in fact, bumped Late Line. Yes. So, <laughs> which also had a Mark Latham interview all ready to go. So did, did that Late Line ever air? Yes, it aired the next yep. night. Okay, so it aired on, on Friday night. Yep. Uh, and there was a substantial chunk of it on Monday as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they did it both. And then they also replayed Enough Rope on yeah. Monday as well. Yeah. So the ABC's done very well out and of this. And there was also a bit more of it on The Insiders, some of it that was <laughs> rather more humorous that it hit the cutting room floor. Oh, mm. nice one. Mm. So that was good. Speaking um, of uh, cutting room floor, <laughs> go on. <laughs> well, my point was um, that uh, it seems that uh, perhaps Denton, maybe it's the ABC... Uh, are trying to learn something from the Channel 7 experience with the encore presentations. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just not quite there. They're actually doing it around the other way. They're playing the encore presentation without it telling anybody and then playing the, the first uh, original airing. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't understand, and, and this, this is entirely a legal point that I don't understand, but I, I thought that Enough Rope was produced by an independent production company and aired on the ABC. Mm-hmm. Late Line, meanwhile, is produced by the ABC, mm-hmm. and therefore they're not bound by the exclusivity agreements that other people have. The only person who should be bound by that exclusivity agreement is Mark Latham mm. or Melbourne University Press, who published the book. So if Mark Latham doesn't give a shit and gives an interview and Late Line has it, and that's a scoop, mm-hmm. well, there shouldn't be any legal ramifications out of that. But again, I'm no lawyer. I'm just friends with a lot of them. But then uh, how surprising for a tool such as Latham uh, to screw up his own uh, contracts. Now, you be careful what you say about Mark Latham. Oh, I, uh, he's a freaking... <sighs> you just... Anyway. You know what? This isn't forum. This is about television. <laughs> and not about politics. Big Brother Uncut. During the week, Channel 10 uh, accepted the Australian Communications and Media Authority... Uh, decision that mm. two segments within Big Brother Uncut breached the television industry code of practice. Really? Which I found quite interesting. I mean, I thought the whole concept of the show breached the uh, television industry code of practice, but well, certainly codes of taste. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Apparently there were two specific instances, one involving coarse language that had fetishistic undertones. Really? Ooh. What was it? I don't know. Let's see if we can uh, come to the attention of uh, the ACMA. What happened to the ABA? The, or the, the CSTV? Or... Well, the, uh, the ABA is the broadcasting authority that relates to radio. Mm. Uh, the Communications and Media Authority, uh, that's yeah, the ACMA, mm-hmm. Australian Communications and Media mm-hmm. Authority, I think they deal with commercial networks. Hasn't TV been deregulated and they're all self-regulating? Yes. So the ACMA Two is... Well, in a way, but uh, it's you still want to abide by these codes of practice because these are the codes of practice that the networks together have put together mm-hmm. uh, to try to protect 
the consumers. Plus, I think they might be forced to by the ACCC, but I'm not sure. By the ACCC? Yeah, because that's consumer protection. Okay. Can so, I guess what the other bit was? Yes. It was the bald guy rubbing his member on the uh, woman's shoulder when she wasn't aware that he was doing so. And he thought she was, he, she thought she was just getting a regular massage. Written here as demeaning portrayal of nudity. Exactly. That would be it. <laughs> yes. That would be it. ACMA's ruling solely concerns the one-hour weekly late-night Big Brother Uncut program and not Big Brother Up Late, which a lot of people have been complaining about. Well, I guess if uh, Channel 10 are going to change their uh, the way that they do um, Uncut, they're going to have to come up with a new name for it. Maybe slightly cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's it. It's cut anyway. I mean, and they're really just trying to push the boundaries and mm-hmm. get the viewers anyway. So, this- but, um, but as the point has been made many times uh, in Green Guide letters, and I'm sure letters across the country, um, compared to the amount of violence on TV, a little bit of nudity surely isn't that bad. A letter and just today. Exactly. Yes, a letter in the Green Guide today mentions that. And uh, really all 10 has done is they've had to say to the, excuse me, to the ACMA, we're not really going to do that again. Promise. Promise. As 10 has provided further draft undertakings to ACMA to prevent a recurrence. But, you know, it's, uh, this is all just because of the conservative right uh, moving into politics and getting some senators who can lodge uh, protests that are actually going to be listened to. Um, I, I think that uh, Big Brother as a whole is a waste of broadcast time. Um, but I will fight to the death there, right? To <laughs> Shit. And this is a big problem because actually the, the beginning of this latest series of Big Brother mm-hmm. was quite interesting. They'd done a lot to try to get drama into it with the, uh, with yeah, the involvement of the twins. Outside. There was the hidden twins. Yes. And so, so there was a, a lot of extra drama in it. And the first maybe two weeks of Big Brother was actually a lot more riveting than any other series of Big Brother mm-hmm. previously. And then it just got shit boring. But that's, um, that's how it happens all the time. Surely, because they eliminate the people who are interesting and just leave the boring people. So, yes, yes. It's always the most boring, safe person. That's, uh, yeah, they should, they should call out. it boring, brother. <laughs> um, now, I, I, I couldn't avoid it completely, so I'm, I'm slightly aware of it, um, but not... So au fait as you guys, obviously. Mm. Um, was was the case just that the house was full of of complete bogans? It in my house, it's known as Big Bogan, mm-hmm. and this year especially, they were just terrible, mm-hmm. terrible bogans with so the, no grasp of the English language whatsoever. But they also they also uh, tried to make a much bigger play for sex this time. Yep. Uh, all single people, supposedly, and yes. the ones who weren't single got booted out quite quickly. Yep. And I think, yeah, Big Brother uh, was angling it much more towards the sex angle this year. And not one, but two strippers. <laughs> really? <laughs> two strippers. <laughs> so, so Channel 10 have been stacking the branches uh, with their selections for Big Brother. Yes. Yes. Well, it was, you know, if I can revert to misogynistic terms, it was a well-stacked Big Brother. mm Definitely in, in, in those senses as well. Mm. Shall we move to Arrested Development news? Yes, very, very Arrest, much. That's, that's, not, that's not for you, Brad. Oh, okay. <laughs> but still soon, on news. Soon. We're yes. still on news. Yep. Yes. And then I'll say, and that's the news. <laughs> and then you can go to that bit. Okay. Arrested Development returns to Australian screens. Actually has returned to Australian screens. 
Oh. And this is the interesting thing. I spoke to Channel 7 today. Melbourne will be receiving Arrested Development episode 16 Mm -hmm. starting this Tuesday, September 27th. Series 1. Very exciting. Series 1, episode 16. There are 22 episodes in the first season. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Tuesday, September 27th at 11.15pm, going for that all-important quarter past 11 in the evening uh, demographic. Yeah, pretty much the same position that they stuck it in last time. Yeah. No, last time, during the summer, it was it on was at like 10.30. Okay. There's but wasn't no, it after think, Scrubs? Oh, maybe it was 10.30, 11. Yeah. It was, it was that double eight. Yeah. Which happened four times over the week, the first week, and then yeah. kind of yeah. slowly drifted And then out. went, it went uh, week, week by week until the tennis started and then taken off air entirely. Mm-hmm. It's um, very similar to their treatment of Futurama, Mac Roening's other show. Yes. Yep. Brilliant Futurama, which got... Absolutely hosed by and, Channel 7. And not dissimilar to what they did to King of the Hill as well. No, but King of the Hill's now on during the day. Fresh episodes. Really? Yeah, like 2.30 in the afternoon. That's shit ass. Keep going. Every day? Uh, I believe so, yeah. See, but uh, you have the green guard, so... That's the type of news that Box Gutters brings to you. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on tuning in. Uh, so it does return September 27th at 11.15pm. Mm-hmm. We got up to, during the summer season, we got up to episode 11 of Arrested Development. Yep. Channel 7 Melbourne are starting with episode 16. What happens to the other four? The other four episodes. Well, apparently the other four episodes... No, it's four. Okay. It's four. Yep. The other four episodes uh, aired previously in a couple of other states. And Channel 7 Melbourne as showing it from episode 16 to keep up to date with the rest of the network mm-hmm. rather than keeping up to date with Melbourne viewers. When I asked Channel 7, are Melbourne viewers likely to get a catch-up on those four episodes? I was told, mm, probably not. <laughs> mm. Mm. How surprising that is. Yes. Mm. Um, given the Meanwhile, you, you can go and buy it on DVD for like 40 bucks. No, I think it's down to 20. Oh, do it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's so worth having. And uh, I will say season three of Arrested Development started this week in the United States. I've seen episode one and it is up to its regular standard. So did Channel 7 tell you, are they actually going to run the rest of this season and go straight into season two? I didn't want to scare them with asking too much information. I think when we get towards uh, episode 2021, I'll call them back ah, okay. and, uh, mm-hmm. and ask them. You don't want to throw too much information at these it, people. It reminds me of when you rang up about Futurama and Family Guy and you rang Channel 7 and they said, we have no plans to show Futurama. And you said, what about Family Guy? We've never heard of Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a long history of calling up television stations and asking them information. Speaking of which, uh, there's a Family Guy movie coming up, isn't there? Oh, is there? Yeah. Wow. Oh, Why? I've never, I've never been a fan of Family Guy. I haven't actually seen it. No, I'm not a big fan either. But it does, um, it, it is an important show, I think, for coming back just purely by popular demand. Yes, I mean it's been canned three times, and it just keeps on coming back. And the makers of Family Guy now have a new series called American Dad. Yes, which yes. is aired in the states, and uh, fans of Family Guy say it's not as good, but they still watch it. Okay, so you know <laughs> they still love it. And Brett, just yes. Oh, no, go on. One, one last, one, news, one last news item? Sure. Um, all right, I'm going to show you guys this thing. What a lemon. And it's got a picture. No, no, no. I think you've marked that up. It's what? A lemon. Oh, what? A lemon. Oh, you're right, I have. And then it's a picture of a lemon. Any idea what that is? 
It's a lemon. <laughs> Any idea what it's related is to? Is it an ad for a car? It, it was an ad uh, in The Australian, uh, it, I think, last week. Is it an ad for a car? No. Is it an ad for... A lemon? Is it something really dirty? No. Okay. Here's the facing page of that ad. Number one show for the night among 16 to 39-year-olds in four out of the last five weeks. It's all about Australian Idol on 10. And it says, if that's a lemon, we'll plant an orchard. It's got a whole lot of statistics. Who called it a lemon? Uh, well, I think the Channel 10's picked up a real inferiority complex. There's, there's been all these battles between 7 and 9 over the year uh, because Channel 9 are, are packing darkies and, uh, <laughs> and they're, they're really not happy that they're getting beaten in ratings. Um, and meanwhile, Channel 10's kind of just been uh, forgotten about pretty much. But they, they do apparently, according to these figures, have a large share of what their demographic is, which is the uh, 16 to... 39-year-olds. And that was an ad in The Australian, obviously mm-hmm. advertising to advertisers rather than advertising to audiences. Because audiences don't give no. a shit about and, uh, Australian, statistics. Uh, Australian mm. Idol audiences don't read The Australian. I'd be willing to bet. <laughs> well, no. It's a bit like them just kind of jumping around over in the corner saying, look at me, look at me, don't forget about me. Um, but... Uh, they're, uh, they're doing another instance uh, like they did with Rove. Rove Live, or was it just Rove? Started out on Channel 9. Yes. Uh, got axed and then found a new home over at Channel 10. Well, it didn't get axed. According to the Rove officers, according to Roving, they played out their contract mm-hmm. and then the contract was not renewed. Mm-hmm. But I, they were just happy to play out the contract. I actually heard that... Um that Nine said to uh, Nine said to Rove, "We think you're great. Get rid of the other two, yep. being Peter Hallier and um, Corinne Grant. Corinne Grant and, and, uh, and um, Dave Callan. And Dave, and Dave Callan. Callan. Get and, rid of the other three. And he said, "No, no chance." And Seven, uh, sorry, Ten snapped it up. And Ten snapped it up with Dave Callan, Peter Hallier, and Corinne Grant. And then one day, Dave Callan wasn't there. Surprise, surprise. But apparently, he too was hairy just for over TV, it, wasn't he? Too that's, that's... hairy for TV. I'm pretty sure Dave's actually told me that he was just over it, so he left. It, well, that's fine. I, when, when he <laughs> left, I just went, right, someone said, too hairy for TV, get him off. Um, but an interesting thing that I found was that uh, when Rove was on show nine, it was a lot more edgier. Uh, a lot more than, edgier. Than it is. I'm lot, st- I don't lot, care how tired you are, Brett. I'm going to pick you up on all of that. It was a lot that. edgier than, uh, than what we've uh, come to know and love, according to all these gold logies, um, on Channel 10. But you can pick that series up on DVD as well, or highlights thereof. Mm. You can. They, they released it last Christmas. Why would you bother? I Why don't know. Why would you bother? But um, they seem to be, Channel 10 seem to be doing it again. Uh, I think over the week I saw, uh, is it the B team? Yes, you guys the B team. Pick up on this? Mm, American yes, Rosso. American Rosso. Who were on Channel 9. But, and were doing very well for Channel 9 for that time slot. It was such an appalling show. Yeah, but it was cheap to make <laughs> and people cheap loved ads. it. Yep. yep. People absolutely loved it. Um, I have I have no actual details about this news, but uh, they are going to Channel Ten. What's the format going to be? Do you know? Oh, I have no idea. They've done teasers for for it. Yep. I don't know when it starts, but I can find all that information out I during the week. I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't sure of what the format was yet either. <laughs> Possibly with uh, Channel Ten trying to uh, draw some attention 
uh, in the shit fight between Channel 9 and Channel 7. Um, who knows? Maybe uh, Last Man Standing might find a home elsewhere. Mm. Which well, was another letter in the Green Guide today. Really? Yes. Um, and it's interesting you say that too because Australia's Brainiest Kid, which uh, is one of the new shows starting next week, was on Channel 7 and was quite a big hit for them. And that got dumped by 7 as well. And that's premiering on Channel 10 this week. So there'll be some uh, embarrassment, I'm sure, at Channel 7. Of course, if... all this goes back to the 80s when uh, Channel 10 picked up Neighbours after Channel yes. 7 dumped it. Because Channel 7 have this fear of success, I believe. <laughs> oh, we're doing really, really well. What should we do? Drop the ball, drop the ball, drop the ball. <laughs> and that, Brett Cropley, is the news. Box cutters. The Emmy Awards were on earlier this week. I happened to catch them. I happened to catch them as well, Ross. I happened to catch some of them. Right, but you were flipping between... I, I was I, I was flipping between the Brownlow and I arrived home late, so I only got to see and half. The Brownlow has to be the most boring twenty nine hours of television. You know, I think especially when the winner isn't even in exactly the isn't in the state. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wasn't he there? No, no, he was over in Perth. And then That's you had the uh, the glory of uh, an Eddie Maguire live interview. Just with that little bit of delay, which is just lovely. Just what you need. Yep. Um, but you know how Channel 7 ran that show about Aren't We Wonderful? Look at all the sport we've done over the years on Sunday night a few weeks ago. I can't remember what it was called. I think it was um, called Aren't We Wonderful? Look at all the sport <laughs> exactly. we've done over the years. They, um, they did a, a whole segment on that on how good the Brownlow is and how we can thank them for the Brownlow and the Brownlow telecast. Right. Thanks, Channel 7. Yeah, because they, they made it a telecast. Oh, it's, it's true, and Channel 9 tried to copy it with the Allen Border Medal. Yes. <laughs> which is terrible, but we're talking about different sorts of awards. We're talking about the Emmy Awards, which mm. relate to US television and The Office. But the interesting thing was that um, having them on at the same uh, different times meant for... Uh, sorry, having them on at the same time meant for some interesting program programming decisions. Um. With the uh, Brownlow, yes. the um, Channel 9 decided to switch things around a little and actually put the Alice on at 7 o'clock in the evening, mm-hmm. which uh, is a you would think is a terrible programming decision. No one's watching the Alice. They should just... Are they just trying to burn it? I, I, no, I think they're trying to get people interested. You know, they, they ran it between A Current Affair and... Um, and the Brownlow. Uh, and the Brownlow red carpet special. But they're running it at the Temptation time slot, which means that people tuning in for Temptation will see the Alice. Yes, and they ran and they end up running Temptation at five thirty in the afternoon. Up against Deal or No Deal. <laughs> up against Deal or No Deal, and which meant the Prices Right had to get moved back to five. But that denied us uh, having. Um, and that's that's good because Channel Nine always have that five to five thirty slot empty, just <laughs> in case. <laughs> Um, and that actually denied us having uh, rival red carpet networks on two different stations on at the one time, which would have been great viewing because we could have had the Emmy red carpet and the uh, footy show, uh, the footy red carpet at the same time. Who did Channel, oh, did Channel 10 send uh, Sandra Sullied up to? No, not Sandra Sully, uh What's her name? Bishop. I, I Angela. Didn't, I didn't see the channel. Uh, see, the channel... I hate her. Yes. That's, that's what that look was. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I understand. No, channel, no one's fond of her. Uh, channel 10, I, don't, I, I assume they would have just got a feed from somebody like E! Entertainment or something. But they ran their red carpet special at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then at 7.30 they had Idol. And then at right. 8.30 they had the Emmys. Which, you know, begs the question, you know, why is there an hour delay 
for uh, between red carpet and show when the show aired eight hours earlier in the States. I don't know, because I, I watched it live on Fox 8. Oh, okay. And their red carpet special is the Joan and Melissa Rivers red carpet special. Help me, my daughter isn't talented. <laughs> and uh, that's... Ju- you know what? It used to be funny because Joan Rivers would just make fun of everybody. Yep. But now it's just... She's turned into Jeannie Little. <laughs> oh, don't you look fabulous? Oh, blah, 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 blah. And it was really, really, really boring. On with the show, I say. Um, just on the show. First up, host. How did Ellen do? I didn't see much of her. Ellen had some great gags. There were some great gags about running long. But uh, uh, as far, like her opening monologue was terrible. I'm sensing disagreement from She had Brett. some great visual gags later on in the show. There was, there was one bit towards the end where it looked like a visual gag was going on, but the camera just focused on, yeah, yeah, on I the saw stage. That Maybe Channel 10 cut bits out of it because uh, on Fox 8 they had her initially in an interview with the guy who's in charge of making sure that the yeah. show runs on time. That was early on. Yeah. And, uh, and she did this gag, so do we, have, uh, do we have time for this? And she holds up a puppet and, and starts you know, doing ventriloquism and he's going, no, no, we don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. And then for the rest of the show, she keeps coming past him one time with sparklers and a unicycle and uh, one time with, you know, a, another visual gag. But yeah, that was yeah. it. On that note, that though... That was it of her, her, that was it as, her presentation. As far as her presentation yep. goes, uh, you know, her opening monologue was all right, but nothing fantastic. Mm. Nothing compared to fit Chris Rock uh, at the Oscars last year. Billy Crystal. Well, you know, yeah. how can you compare to Billy Crystal? But even... Gary Shandling, who is the true Emmy host, I yeah. feel... He's always Gary Shandling is fantastic. fantastic. Just just like Hugh Jackman is with the with the Tonys. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get these people who are excellent with, in what they you do. See, this but begs the question: Why is Ellen hosting it? I mean, she's just bland and I think unfunny. I don't I think she's at all funny. I didn't. I didn't get a single smile. Yeah, Ellen hosted the Emmys about ten years ago when when David Caruso was still on NYPD Blue. Mm-hmm. So that's more than ten years ago. Yep. Uh, Ellen hosted the Emmys then, and she was excellent. And she also hosted, I think... But she was relevant 10 years ago, you know? She was just coming out as a lesbian, and it was all very exciting. She's just unfunny now. And she also hosted three years ago in the... Or um, uh, four years ago in the 2001 uh, yeah, Emmys, which was after delayed. September the 11th, yeah, and then after twice, invading Iraq. Which mm-hmm. she could be excused for not being funny in that one. I, I saw a bit that she did where she was going into the ladies' toilets or something, and she had a TV... Oh, she Down just, at the bar. She's, yeah, she's just not funny. Another thing about it was the production values were shit ass. They they kept on dropping out the mic. The from switching. The stage Whoever into, was doing the switching. Yep. This was my big thing. Yep. And did you did you spot the little flash of the bar before the setup for Alan's bit? No. There was there was like a, a wrong switch that that just flashed oh. over to where <laughs> they were setting up that set and then flashed back to the stage. Just so whoever was directing the, they're not going to win an Emmy. Maybe they know that. Maybe they know. Well, I'll never be nominated for an Emmy if I keep directing the Emmys, and uh, and just you know fell asleep. But mm-hmm. there was some terrible audio and visual switching times when the the stage was just blank for like thirty seconds, yep. and we were looking at nothing. Mm. So you know, as as far as television goes, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. As far as awards given out, Ross, I'm sure you've got some opinions. Oh, well, I thought the um, the two, I don't have the name offhand, but the one, the writers who were awarded the uh, comedy writing for mm. um, oh, I like Peter the Sellers. Peter Sellers. 
for ah oh. no no for okay. Peter for Peter Sellers. Yep. Um, uh, comedy writers made the unfunniest and one of the worst speeches I've ever heard uh, at an award show. Yes. Thanking their families because otherwise they'd be orphans and then thanking their big wrap-up gag was thanks Peter Sellers, otherwise this movie about Peter Sellers, if you hadn't existed, it would have been very hard to write. Mm. Yeah. Was... Actually, I didn't catch the whole thing and, and I missed that a little bit. Um, but uh, I was impressed. I, I quite enjoyed uh, comedy series, was it? The writers? Yep, mm. the uh, the nominations for those where they'd actually done produced oh, things that was for uh, for comedy variety, etc., etc., etc. Where uh, where uh, John Stewart show and uh, Leno and the Letterman cast and oh, yep. sorry, the Letterman writers and all of that where they did their own nominations. Mm-hmm. Oh, that I was really, that, that was been... really really funny. Yeah. I yeah. like Jay Leno's. These guys, and then it was just this picture of him with a fan. No, on no, that was that was Conan's. Uh, Conan, yep. That was Conan's. I, you know what? I don't even think Leno was necessarily nominated for that. No. no sorry. His show is terrible. I said Leno when I should have said Conan. Yes. And um, um, John Stewart and The Daily Show ended up... Winning did two. It, did it win that one? Oh, yes. Or did it, and I'm just thinking that uh, he would be a much better host. Yeah, John Stewart would be a great host, and John Stewart did a great bit did you, during the end. Yes. Did you see his bit uh, that was pre-recorded? Ross. Yes, I did. That was very funny. Sorry, yeah, Brett very was looking funny. at you. Sorry, Brett. <laughs> and he pointed. I'm trying to find <laughs> out that. Uh, I'm trying to find out what we were just talking about. Who else was nominated? Whether Leno was in fact nominated. Get back to you in about now. Um, <laughs> if you as, as much as I detested when it was on, everybody loves Raymond. Um, yes. I, I quite appreciated that acceptance speech. The acceptance speech was good, but you know what? It just got too many awards for not enough quality. It was it was up against some things that were just fantastic. Mm-hmm. For instance, up against Arrested Development. Yep. And uh, Arrested Development only ended up with one award, and that was for the writing of a particular episode. Uh, but then again, their speech was quite funny as well. Yes. Where they thanked a whole lot of people that weren't watching them. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I can't stress this enough, Arrested Development, one of the funniest shows I have ever seen on television. And I, um, I missed uh, Letterman's tribute to... Um Johnny. To Johnny Should Carson. Mm. Letterman's tribute was interesting. The The words that he said were quite moving. Mm-hmm. The way that he said them was quite robotic. It was very straight. I, it don't, was, think, I don't think Letterman does straight well. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was like right. he had never done television before. It was like he'd I, never I done television I think he was just before. trying to get some gravitas about the presentation. Oh, I don't, it didn't work. It well, definitely didn't work. Because he's done 20 how many years of, of late night comedy TV? Yeah, but you know, after, when he came back after September 11, uh, he was fine, and he did that quite nicely, and got people excited. I just think it, you know, maybe what, he I, was just that nervous and that honoured about it honouring. Would, yeah, it could have been yeah, or it could have been fear of another award show because probably the last award show he was at would have been the, the Academy Oscars. Awards. Yeah, yeah. And, and but I have to say, as far as tributes go, the tribute to uh, Peter Jennings. Was uh, was probably one of the most heartfelt I've seen, and you know yeah. I was I was a big fan of Peter Jennings. I think he was yeah. one of the best that we've ever seen as far as news anchors go, and which included uh, Tom Brokaw and Dan, Dan Rather. Rather. Yeah, and um, Jennings was supposed to be up on stage with them. He wasn't supposed to die yet. No, no. Well, I had a question out of that. Um, I was listening carefully. Has Tom Brokaw had a stroke or something? It his, seemed his like it, didn't was, it? Yeah, sounded affected. Oh, it okay. seemed like it. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. It also seemed like uh, oh, the father from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. 
Oh, Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. It seemed like Peter Boyle on the red carpet had had a bit of uh, of something because he was not his witty usual self. Mm. Maybe he just had a bad night's sleep. I don't know, but something seemed a little bit off there. Yeah, he was kind of flat on stage for an acceptance too. So uh, if anyone has any information about the health of people that we saw at the Emmys, email us at theboxcutters maybe that at can, gmail.com. Uh, maybe that could be a quiz question. Question one, what was wrong with Peter Boyle? <laughs> I, think, I think we have to have the answers to be able to say that <laughs> right. If somebody sends us in a good answer, we'll just say, yes, you're right. Yes, you're Are right. we doing the quiz tonight? No. 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 Because <laughs> we'll... I have a question. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, if we, we can do the quiz. Well, I don't have, we don't have any prizes, though. The honour of the, yes. the inaugural <laughs> yeah. Box Cutters quiz winner. You know what? If you win the Box Cutters quiz, when we get Box Cutters t-shirts done, mm-hmm. and this is something that I've wanted to bring up for the last few weeks and haven't, but I'd like to have a competition to design a Box Cutters logo. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, so let's, let's start that now. All right. Two sure. competitions this week. We will have the competition to design a Box Cutters logo. If you can get your designs into us by the let's say, 18th of October. And given we've got quite a limited audience, somebody might win the quiz and get the honour of designing their own T-shirt. Yes. and uh, and, then, yeah. and then they'll win two T-shirts. <laughs> Interesting. And praise. Well, do you want the question? Uh, no, let's save the uh, the quiz. Let's let's have the quiz before Glenn Close. Okay. <laughs> is, is she going to be okay about getting bumped? She'll be fine. She's, okay. she's really good about it. Yep. Uh, and that's pretty much the Emmy Awards for... 2005. I don't buy it, Brett. I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. That's the name, the new name for our ad segment. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about buy this over the week, um, but I don't buy it. You don't, you don't like it. Well, if you don't mind, well, it's not about this, you should buy this. Um, it's, it's, it's about. about yeah. I, I don't quite believe the ads. I don't quite get it. Now, if you don't mind. Hmm. Ross wants to cut your lunch a bit. Okay. Okay. Have yep. you got another one? I do. I do. That's right. As long as it's not Bev Marks. No, it's not. It's <laughs> not. <laughs> ding dong. Have you got ding dong? I can't wait. Um, I should just start off by saying, you know, generally I'm not that uh, I'm not that good with commercials. They uh, they tend to confuse me more than anything else, and I end up often driving my wife nuts by uh, asking her, you know, what the hell was that about, and getting her to explain the ads to me. I, I remember um, you. I remember you saying to me once that it must be that we're getting old because ads no longer make any sense whatsoever. I know, I know. And imagine when we're, you know, in thirty years or so, when we're even older. I think I'm just going to be freaked out the whole time. <laughs> um, but uh, this, these series of ads, it's a series. But I think I kind of understand them, but um, I just find them very disturbing. Um, and I'm talking about the Bundaberg ads, the ones with the giant polar bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the most recent one of those. Um, the polar bears having a bath. Uh, as they do, and the wacky blokes slip the red sock into the bath with him. And so when he turns up at the party that they're going to later that night, his fur's all pink. Um, But the joke's on them because uh, a whole bunch of hot chicks think that the bear's great for being brave enough to wear pink, and he's then the highlight of the party. Uh, and I reckon just a talking polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> and Who's inviting a polar bear to a party? And in the second one, uh, the polar bear is going to another party and there's, I uh, guess, what can best be described as an address malfunction. And the polar bear <laughs> um, 
ends up at a hen's night full of desperate chicks, mm-hmm. and obviously they think he's the stripper, and hilarity ensues. <laughs> Um, now, is it just me, or does the spectre of bestiality kind of loom <laughs> a little too close with these ads? No, I mean, I, mean I, I don't know. I'm just kind of getting the impression, you know, that um, the next logical step is that one of these women is going to try and bed the polar bear. And, um, and you know, they're going to have him trapped in a bedroom, and uh, he's going to revert to his natural animal instinct. <laughs> And just tear these women to pieces. <laughs> um, or worse, he's not going to revert to his natural instinct, and that's even more disturbing. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, he's actually evolved quite a bit, Bundy the Bear. I think his name's Bundy. I don't know if the Bundy, Bear. Bundy Bear. Um, he's evolved quite a bit. You know, originally he was just kind of uh, a drinking buddy down at the pub for the guys. And, you know, I think there was two of him, which makes more sense. They do Blues Brothers impressions and mm. get drunk and more bear like activities. Um, and then in the more recent spate of ads, he was kind of falling out of the tree onto the tent and, you know, uh, sinking the rubber dinghy. So I could kind of accept that. It was still a bit disturbing, but he was more kind of like an agent of the guys helping them pick up chicks. Mm-hmm. But I just think, um, yeah, where are they going to go from here? Are the guys going to start to get pissy because uh, the bear's getting all their chicks? I think the point is... Drink if, rum? If, is, that, you, is that the point? If you Drink for, rum. If you forget about the fact that it's actually just a guy in a bear suit and uh, you know, if, he, if he's going home with these chicks, then he'll, he'll take their hat, head off and, and get on with it. <laughs> I think the point is that uh, alcohol is alcoholism sexy. And, uh, <laughs> if you're pissed at, then you'll get the hot chicks. Really? Because I, I was, well, I was thinking, you know, is this, is this a statement on male-female politics? Are, are these women looking at this bunch of guys and saying, yeah, out of all of them, the bear is the best catch? That's, that's a really interesting point. That mm. is a really interesting point. I don't know how, we should, we should maybe get a, a feminist TV watcher in. I reckon it's, think of Duff Man. Duff Man. And think of how fantastic he is and how everybody loves him. Bundy Bear, same as Duff Man. Forget, forget about the anthropomorphization, but 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 he's changing as a character. Like he's evolving. You know, if he if he was just there being cool like he was previously, I could understand that. But it seems to have gone further than that. I mean, and people will think I'm exaggerating for the purpose of comedy. But watch the ads. The women are attracted to the bear, not the blokes. That no, I, I think that's re- a really interesting point. And earlier on, when I said we should get a feminist TV watcher, what I meant was a feminist theory TV watcher. Uh, in that makes a lot more sense. It's, it's it's a bit of a strange time to advertise alcohol in this country. Um, you can't seem to do a beer ad, uh, and I mean beer ads have long been the you know the domain of the big beefy man's man type uh, person. You can't do a beer ad anymore without either some sort of ironic statement or some sort of parody. Or in uh, in well, the case of of James Bogues, uh, the idea of uh, of. Women in lingerie? Yeah, having sex with, uh, with you know, Mysterious your older woman. lady. But in, even uh, that, it, there's, a, there's a new James Bogart, isn't there, where, they're, um, where it's, it's copying kind of the VB and the, uh, and, uh, the mm. other ironic ones. That's not for Bogues Premium, though. That would be for... Bogues Draft. Yeah. Ah, uh, you see, not being a beer drinker, I don't, see, I don't are, spot the difference. And there are, you know what, the difference between the beers is not that great. Price. But the difference between their demographics is huge. And 
I'm not sure. Around Melbourne town recently, uh, it seems that some pubs are actually just straight substituting uh, premium for straight draft. Really? Yep. That's interesting. Because they tried that earlier with uh, Strongarm, and of course now we're off topic and talking about beer. They tried that earlier with Strongarm, and the problem with Strongarm was that it just tasted so terrible (laughs) that nobody ended up drinking it. It actually tasted like a Tassie beer. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it, the VB ad uh, with uh, Adam Zawar and Jason Gann. Uh, which one's I don't, that? I don't think for that, those that, not familiar. The with two that. blokes out in the desert. Oh yeah, the yep. Where tent the... kind of appears. I'm not sure if that that fits in with what you're saying. Beer ads are now. You you don't think so? That's that's a lot more kind of ironic and funny than uh, you can get it soaring a plow. Matter of fact, I've got one now. Well, given given the number of years, number of decades that uh, John Mellion's been doing the VB ads, uh, there's still a lot of people that aren't happy about uh, his voiceover and and the script of 20 years ago being dropped. Mm. Yeah, I'm not happy about it, and because that was an Australian institution, and I think that they've uh, they've messed up with the product and they've messed up with their market. But that's me, and I mean, listen to me clearly. I'm not the VB demographic, <laughs> but they are—they are going. You would agree they're going for a more kind of humorous angle with that, you know. Uh, you know, talking about how you can fit the two men in a three-man tent, and then you know the vague homophobic kind of element to it. But then mm. he's in there with the girls, and that's all okay. And then in the end, it's better just to have the two guys and the beer, and that's all you really need. I mean, they're going for a more humorous element to the same ads. It's. It, we've still got the Tui's ad though, as far as beer ads go. The Tui's ad the tongue. No, oh, I hate that ad. <laughs> uh, which brings me to another ad. Sorry, and I didn't even have anything for ad watch. Is it the Nova ad? It's the oh, sorry, Vega. The Vega ad? Uh, Vega is a new radio station that's just started up in Melbourne. And Vega. 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 <laughs> Viagra. They, they're not calling it Vega, are they? No, no, Vega. Okay. Vega. <laughs> cool. Uh, I have problems in advertising with dismembered body parts coming to life. I haven't seen it. In the, in the Vega ad, uh, someone is listening to the radio and their ears start the, the, I think I think the ears want two different stations. One wants talkback and one wants music. And so the ears actually come off the body and start to and fight they start each other. fighting. Nice. But if you're watching it with the sound no down... No, no arms. Oh. Just ears. Just biting. <laughs> and if you're watching it with the sound down, it's not so obvious that they're fighting. It kind of looks like they're dancing. And... Either way, dismembered body parts coming to life, but similar to the Tui's to, uh, microphone, Tui's ad with the uh, with the the tongue. Yep. But the Tui's ad with the tongue was surely going for a much younger demographic. I mean, Vega are trying to get the older demographic, and I don't the, think fighting ears is really going to win it for them. No. Having having tuned in numerous times over the last couple of weeks to Vega. At 91.5, I think it is, isn't it? Oh, whatever. It's, it's like right down the end of the dial. Don't bother. Oh, um, except that they, they t- they've taken the only empty uh, radio slot in Melbourne for which I could use my uh, iPod uh, little tuner <laughs> radio transmitter. No, doesn't work. Um, for, the, for all the times that uh, I've tuned in there to, to have a listen to what it's sounding like, I've never heard a live presenter in the studio. Uh, of, of, breakfast. I'm not listening during breakfast because I'm not up during breakfast because I'm looking out for crap ads in the middle <laughs> of the night. I, uh, I believe they're having a bit of trouble at the moment. Is that the case with their... Hold on a sec. You what if all their presenters just... 
No, no, no. I think uh, technical difficulties at this stage. In the studio itself. A bit like us in this yes. very makeshift studio. Yeah, where I keep hitting this microphone. Mm. Brett, do you want to go to where you're at and then we'll come back to Vega problems a little bit later yeah. on in the show? Uh, something that... Uh, that has caught my eye over the week is uh, for BevMarks, which used to be BevMarks Bed, but they're not just bedding anymore. Now they're BevMarks Furniture. It's very exciting. BevMarks has expanded. They have. They have. They're... Uh, they're, they're was it... Oh. Oh, I'm, I'm just getting these strange little thoughts. Was there a guy called the Fussy Furniture Fella? There was there the was. Fussy Furniture Fella. Where was that from? Was that, that was from, from the late 80s, wow. early 90s. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're Around just... about the same time that Sydney's lounge discounters mm-hmm. uh, started. The and Fussy Furniture around, Fella It was around started. then that Ken Bruce went mad. Yep. Yes. Very sad story. Yep. It was I was tragic. thinking of trying to get, uh, get a hold of those ads. Um, Bev Marks have moved into furniture and Denise Drysdale, who's a, a long-term uh, spokesperson for Bev Marks. And, a, so and an Australian television stalwart. Mm. Um, is, is very excited and telling us all <laughs> about it. Uh, <laughs> the ad kind of starts off with her... Uh, bringing out food to what you'd assume would be family or something. She's, she's pretty old now. She'd be in her 60s. Oh, ding dong, yeah. Um, at, at least so the late you know, 50s, at least. You know, kind of with, with the nana arms and stuff. And she's wearing this <laughs> this this thing that looks like a, a summer dress. It's it's kind of satiny, sheeny, summer dress, black, with a, a little bit of... Um, what's, what? Bedazzler. Glittery, <laughs> glittery <laughs> sequins. Sequins on the front. And Denise, she's not a small woman. No, she's not she a small woman. Isn't. She's uh, well. She's always had uh, a lot up front. Yes, yes. And uh, you know, back in the day, uh, it it looked it was all right. You know, um, she was she was pretty pert. But things have changed. <laughs> yes. And a summer dress, and I'm pretty sure she's not actually wearing a bra in this summer dress. Well, I've got to sell the uh, Bevmarks products. <laughs> But do you think a 60-something-year-old woman's puppies swinging down around her waist are actually going to get people excited about it, going it, out it, and buying furniture? It does kind of distract from the furniture, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, my, yeah, my I wife mean, Thankfully, I, most of it's actually just her voiceover. Yeah. I mean, my wife and but, I saw the same ad and, yeah, she just... My God, her breasts are enormous! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... But so they I, open up with that and so, you know, you just get distracted by that and then you miss <laughs> the rest of the ad. I don't think that's good advertising. No, but... And I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. So that's, uh, that's I Don't Buy It. The first week of I Don't Buy It on Box Cutters. Have you, uh, have you got uh, that Vega news for us, Ross? Oh, well, um, there's just a little bit in the guide, the Herald Sun Guide to Everything uh, Media, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very quality publication, but we'll be talking about that a bit later. But in Steve Perkins' com, uh, column... He just mentions that there have been a few technical difficulties and instead of the much-vaunted headliners, Vega has been restricted to one talk show a day in the mornings and giving, uh, giving listeners music for the rest of the day. Due to restricted oh. what? Uh, it just says here due to technical problems. Technical so. problems not being able to get other announcers? No. Is that one of their technical problems? Contractually technical problems. Um, uh, you might not know, but... Uh, Vega's sister station, also in the DMG stable, is Nova, and uh, their studios are up on Victoria 
streets in Richmond there. Um, a Vega over there as well, do you know? I don't know, no, I can't say. Uh, do they have studios here in Melbourne? Because yep. uh, they're not, aren't they running most of the show directly out of Sydney? We've got breakfast. Breakfast, okay. Yeah, Dave and, and Husey. No, well, no, no. Um, Vega. Vega. Well, oh. they're, they're all based here, although Denise Scott and Sean McAuliffe are based here in Melbourne. Yep, they had to have a local breakfast team. Ah, oh, okay. It's just that the thrust of the rest of that Steve Perkin article is saying that most of it oh, is right. coming out of Sydney. You know what? Oh. Yeah, maybe that's the technical thing. Maybe they haven't mm. got their, their ISDN codec up. Although ISDN shit us. They couldn't actually use ISDN long term because um, you hear the difference in quality. Maybe they spent all their money on their licence. Really? Mm, I don't know. It cost them a lot of money. Yeah, it did, it did cost them a lot of money to make my iPod useless in the car. And that is, I don't buy it. There are a number of new shows starting this there week are many, on many, television. Many new shows starting. Uh, I'll run through them. Um, I'll try and do them more or less in uh, in chronological order. Uh, and just stop me if you feel any of them warrant a bit more of discussion. Um, the first new show we've got coming up on Saturday night on Channel Ten at eleven forty-five PM is um, Joker Poker. Hosted by Adam Spencer. Yes, I've heard about this. And In I, fact, I know some people on it. Oh, really? And yeah. I, yeah. Well, can you tell us any more? I think the name just about says it all. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's comedians playing poker. Mm. That's it. Comedians playing poker. It Michelle sounds, Laurie's on it. It sounds like a segment from. Uh, do you remember that that old game show that Ugly Dave Gray did? Pressure it's, Luck. Oh, no, that wasn't Ugly Dave Gray. No, I think that was, was Ann Turpy. Celebrity Tattletales was uh, Ugly Dave Gray. <laughs> but, you know, that, that, that um, <clears throat> pretty like Ian Turpy uh, doing these things on sets with cards. Just, oh, okay. you know, a bit like, bit like uh, oh, yeah. Price is Right. No, no, it's, uh, it's, it's different. It's actually just comedians playing poker, playing Texas Hold'em. Okay. That's it. Okay. Um, also on Channel 10 on Sunday night at 6.30 uh, that we were just talking about um, is Australia's Brainiest Kid mm-hmm. is coming up, which mm-hmm. is um, hosted by Sandra Sully, which uh, Channel 10 are advertising in their wisdom as Faster Than Millionaire. And I, <laughs> I've made it to the first round. Hopefully I'll get all the way. <laughs> Excellent. Mm-hmm. We look forward to that, Brain. Yep. Uh, and then um, also on Channel 10, it seems to be a lot on Channel 10, on um, Monday and on Wednesday night, because it's just that good, <laughs> at 9.30, we have The Biggest Loser, Part 2. And this is, the, uh, this is the reality show where they get a bunch of people in there to try and lose as much weight as but possible. It's, but is it's it, team weight loss. It's team weight loss. And it's hosted by that funny woman from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yes. That's all I can tell US you about US production. It. Yes. yes, US um, production. So how's it Part 2? Is it the same people? No, it's new people. It's okay, new people. So it's series two. Uh, it's series two. And this time Are they it's, calling it part two? Uh, no, I think they're just calling it The Biggest Loser 2. I, uh, I did actually... Instead of The Biggest Loser as well. Yes. I'm a bit embarrassed to say that I did watch some of the first series, but I had the uh, kind of unnerving feeling the whole way through it that we were going to get to the end of the series and they were going to say, and The Biggest Loser is you for watching. <laughs> Um, Applies to all reality TV, really. Yes. Yep. Um, oh, I've gone. There's s- no such thing. I've gone slightly out of order, but uh, on Sunday night uh, we've got 50 years and 50 shows on on Channel Nine at 8:30, yep. which is um, yeah, Channel Nine. 50 years of Australian television. Yes, and so their top 50 shows as judged by their Channel Nine panel. 
And is there some sort of voting element to that show? The, the, is just, there a, just thinking about the ads that I've seen. Is there going to be a worm? Oh, they're, really? They're doing a little bit of see, see what, see if you agree. Oh, kind of okay. Oh. Well, that wouldn't a, a surprise bit of me. Chappelle Corby, innocent and guilty, <laughs> you decide. <laughs> yes. um, and that, of course, is followed by 50 years of TV, great moments. Mm-hmm. So it's a night for nostalgia mm-hmm. on uh, Sunday night on Channel 9. You'd think oh. there was an anniversary or something or something. Yeah. But that's something. still that's still a long way away. I mean, we're only just into the uh, 49th year, so they're still a year off the... The 50th year, so they're starting early at Channel 9. Yeah, but year 2000 was the beginning of the millennium, Ross. You know, it's, it's just that sort of shit. <laughs> on um, Tuesday night at oh, 8... Sorry. I've got one for Monday night. Oh, yes. Monday night, Fox 8 at 8.30. Uh, they're starting to show The Shield from episode one of the first season without any ads. Wow. No ads in The Shield, Fox 8, 8.30, Monday night. And anybody who watches The Shield on Channel 10 knows that they chappelle as many ads as possible into that show. So, uh, Did you say they chappelle as many ads? They chappelle as many ads as possible into that show. What does that mean? It means they're trying to stuff as many into a bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, on Tuesday night on uh, Channel 2 at 8pm, we have The Hit Game, which is um, a new documentary series which has been done by uh, Barry Palmer, who is an ex-Hunters and Collectors uh, band member. I read about this. And this is uh, look at what it takes to get a record deal. I believe this is a four-part series, so that should be, uh, yeah, that could be good, worth a look. Um, also on Tuesday night at 8.30 uh, on Channel 10, uh, we have Brainiac, which uh, is kind of wacky science, I think, but I don't know much it's more about it. It's not a Superman that. villain? No, 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 it's okay. not. It's, uh, I think they were, they were advertising it as uh, science experiments they wouldn't let you do at school. Cool. So that sounds great. So it sounds pretty similar to Mythbusters. Catching fish with sodium. Oh, yeah, it could, it could actually be quite similar to Mythbusters because Mythbusters is uh, doing great things for SBS. Yep. So um, that wouldn't be surprising. And uh, also on Channel on Tuesday, Big Night on Tuesday, uh, is uh, Vulture, and that's on at 10.05, which is an arts and culture show done by uh, uh, Richard, Richard Vidler. Vidler. Yeah, on the ABC. Yes. Interestingly, there are two new art shows starting up on the ABC TV. Mm. And uh, and Vulture is supposed to be more like a glass housey kind of uh, art show. So it's uh, there'll be some comedians talking about arts, and it's supposed to be a, does, a light take on arts. Does Richard still remember how to be funny? Yeah, I was going to say he's, he's been known in management <laughs> down at the ABC there for so long. <laughs> he's known as the unfunny Doug Anthony All Star. But I think. I think that might be a problem with the show, but I also know that uh, everybody's favourite Toby Sullivan will be doing segments on that show as well. So uh, you know, she's you can not always... my favourite. It's a he. Toby's a he. I was trying to make a point. And he's. Uh, and then he is your favourite. You just <laughs> shut up. We have Arrested Development also on Tuesday, which we mentioned earlier. And um, oh, there's a new BBC. I assume it's BBC, but um, another British drama called Bodily Harm on. Um, Sunday at 9.20. But interestingly enough, I heard last night that um, Channel 2, the ABC, are actually doing a follow-up to My Favourite Book, which was a big hit for them last mm. year. Oh. Which, they and on which they announced on at Margaret the movies. David last night. Yeah, which they're doing My Favourite Movie. So that should be interesting. I'm waiting for them to come out with My Favourite Martian. <laughs> that was a different show. And so, uh, so there's new shows coming up on Australian TV this week. Box cutters. Box cutters, box cutters, box cutters. I just want to do a quick... 
press the stop <sighs> button. I can't believe they kept on going. <laughs> it's, you know what? It was also good up until that moment. That's, we've got Microsoft to thank for that. Mm. Thank you, Microsoft. Uh, a quick review of How I Met Your Mother. We're going to have to leave Survivor until next week, Ross, that's but that's fine. We'll have two episodes to talk about then. Uh, How I Met Your Mother uh, is the new sitcom starring Alison Hannigan, formerly of uh, Buffy fame, and uh, also stars Diggy Hauser. Excellent. Formerly of Diggy Hauser fame. Is he still a doctor? No. Oh, okay. No, but uh, he just looks exactly the same as he did back then. Yeah. Uh, it's did a, he present something on the Emmys? I saw him this week. Yes, he did, because yep. they were publicising How I Met Your Mother. Uh, terrible. Absolutely terrible sitcom. Really? Everybody involved should be embarrassed. They've shown one episode, and that's pretty much all I want to watch. I, you know, I didn't even want to sit through that one. I can't. So is Doogie your dad, or is he like a no? Doogie's Doogie is the 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 friend, the best friend of the guy who's telling the story to his kids. So his kids are in twenty thirty, and uh, he's talking about back in two thousand and five when I met your mother and how that happened. And so I think the idea is he's going through a series of dates and uh, at the end of every episode, he says, and that's how I met your aunt Rachel. And the kids go, oh, I thought it was a story about how you met our mother. I told you it's a long story. It's really, really, really shit ass. Everybody should be embarrassed. And that's my review of how I met your mother. We want to hear more in weeks to come. Ray Watch. Ray Watch. You can do the thing, do the thing. I love the thing. I cracked up when I listened to it during the week. Hello and welcome to Today Tonight. I'm Naomi Robson. First, foul language. Is it acceptable or should people's mouths be washed out with soap and water for swearing? So fucking drop it in at the last minute. It should be able, you should be able to read every yeah. fucking word, every comma. It yeah. should be very specific. Yeah. Because if we've seen it before, we've got a chance in our mind to go, oh, look, they're fucked oh, exactly. up, they're fucked yeah, up that. Yeah. But if you've never seen it before, yeah. it makes no sense. Yeah, no, yeah exactly. But it's just, exactly. I think they have just a contempt. Oh, yeah, it's like, oh, fuck yeah. you, you know, like yeah. bad luck. You'll just have to, you know, yeah. walk the minefield yeah. and come out looking okay. Yeah. If you don't, not our fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah the fuck with it wasn't able to, you know, sort of work it out as you're going yeah. along. Yeah. exactly. Fucking, mm-hmm. you sit up here and you read the bloody yep. order. Yep. Okay. I, you know what? I'll, I'll get up there and read that. Fucking old IQ. Every week, I can't understand how she equates a minefield with an auto cue. <laughs> <laughs> She's never been in a war zone. Welcome to Raywatch. This is uh, where we highlight the hypocrisy and ridiculousness of current affairs programs on Australian TV, primarily today, tonight, and a current affair. Um, just a little thing on uh, Ray himself, our fearless leader. Mr. Helmethead. Uh, which I didn't get to cover last week. Uh, you might have heard about the the verdict coming out of the manslaughter trial about the bouncer mm. and David Hooks. Yes. Um, and coming out not guilty. Gorgeous little piece. Uh, Ray Ray had him on the program. David Hooks. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, that that should have been half an hour of good Ouija board. Had had the accused mm. on the show uh, just hours after finding out that he wasn't in fact guilty. Can you can you think what his first question was? How do you feel? Exactly. <sighs> How do you feel today tonight, Naomi? Uh, <laughs> nice little uh, 
story about uh, this couple who won $800,000 in the lotto. Obviously not a Melbourne story. Mm-hmm. Um, who were uh, on the dole and they spent it all in 40 days, but they uh, never told Centrelink. Just another instance <laughs> of bludgers ripping off the system. Well, see, that's... It's just an outrage, isn't oh, it? I'm outraged. You know what I don't understand? I don't understand how, how viewers, viewers who, who regularly watch this tripe, don't get bored by just the same thing over and over and over again. How many times have we seen doll bludgers that are just ripping off the system? Who remembers the Paxtons? Because I think the viewers get angry every single time and they want to get angry. They want to feel that they are better than other humans and because they don't rip off Centrelink because they have a job and declare all their taxes and are busy paying taxes and getting ripped off by the government. <laughs> That's right. Uh, another story which was fairly unremarkable about uh, the dangerous chemicals in some facial, facial products, moisturisers. Um, the only remarkable thing about it was Dr. Dingle's danger list. <laughs> of uh, the chemicals and remember to patch test any new cosmetics kitties um have have you heard get yourself a rabbit (laughs) (laughs) some of those wires out of uh, clockwork orange (laughs) keep its eyes open um have you heard there's a man drought this this might surprise you a what drought a man drought it's true. Right. It's true. The, the figures don't lie. Is Australia, men, men are running dry? Australia or? is suffering a serious shortage of men. Yeah, well, you know, I can only be five foot seven and a half. And that's, that's as tall as I can get. It's official. Australia is in the middle of a man drought. There's a 3,000 shortfall for women born in 1972. 3,000 less men than women. 3,000 of them. And yet... Out of 20 million. I still can't get a date. <laughs> well, I, I, th- I thought of you as uh, I was watching this. It was, it was beautiful. It opened up uh, with some snippets of Bridget Jones, a.k.a. Renee Zellweger. Um, Open your eyes, Renee. Open your eyes. <laughs> singing uh, All By Myself. Then they had a bit of a vox pop. <laughs> then they had a bit of a vox pop after uh, pointing out that 1972 was like the main danger age for women <laughs> who, who are just dry as because there's been a man drought. So... So, if I want to score myself some 33-year-old lady action, I'm in with a chance. Hell yeah. Right. Um, but the great, the great thing about these Vox Pops was that uh, for each of them, they had their name and then 1972. <laughs> <laughs> danger, danger. But there are single guys out there. Bernard Salt has analysed the census stats and... If you're in Victoria, mm. the places to find the single guys, Yalambi, <laughs> followed by Oakley and St Kilda. Well, I can guarantee that there are at least one or two single guys in St Kilda. Because I'm guessing there's got to be another one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, just, just prepare for, for a flood of single women <laughs> to uh, come down your way. Uh, just on a side note, looking at the Today Tonight website, uh, it's a little bit... Uh, they, they'd actually misspelt Yalambi and Oakley, uh, which I think is a uh, fair indication that as much as Today Tonight going on about being Melbourne's Today Tonight, 
It's actually all Sydney based. Can I uh, can I just ask you a quick uh, today tonight current affair question, Brett? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in the ratings that um, today tonight is actually catching up with a current affair. And um, as uh, somebody with some sort of knowledge of the two shows, I was wondering uh, how do you tell the difference? And if you're a prospective viewer, I don't watch either of them, but I don't know how people. Uh, how would you pick one over the other? They seem to show identical stories all the time. I don't think anybody actually does. I reckon it would purely be follow on from what news. Follow you on pick. from the news. Yep. Okay. I think it might also just be a Ray versus Naomi thing specifically. People might like uh, in Melbourne. I mean, who hosts no, no. it in other it's, states? It's Ray and Naomi. Really? Yes. Okay. Ray out of Sydney and Naomi out of Melbourne. That's how it goes. And strangely enough, today tonight actually. Rates better in Sydney than it does in Melbourne, and a current affair rates better in Melbourne than it does in Sydney. Go Jeez. figure. Josh is the biggest guy, and uh, and that's Ray Watch. We're nearing the end of another episode of Box Cutters. If you've missed anything, boxcutters.littlerunningbear.com. We've got a couple of things to go, and of course, the quiz coming up very shortly. <laughs> Ross McQueen has been reading the Herald Sun Guide. Is that part of the uh, the court verdict? <laughs> it's part of the community service. <laughs> well, you've been doing the uh, the letter of the week for the last few weeks on the yes. show, and um, and I actually read the letters in the guide this week, and I thought that uh, what? Wait a minute, they can't write, can they? Herald Sun readers, <laughs> Brett Cropley. So they get the phone in. Brett, <laughs> is that how that works? <laughs> They've got SMS. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, I actually thought that if you'd gone through these letters, you'd struggle to pick one above the other to be letter of the letter. <laughs> um, the, I see you've circled one, though. I, I have, I have. I'll get to that in a minute. The, the one that actually won letter of the week, I think, uh, I think there should be a recount. Because I love how there's a competition for letter of the week. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they get any prizes, though. <sighs> Where's like their three-pack of DVDs? <laughs> a bit like a box cutters quiz. Um, <laughs> What's with, all the na- what's with all the nicknames on Sunrise? First we had Koshy, then Mel, then Nat. Then sports presenter Mark Beretta joined the show. Producers must have worked overtime to give him a nickname. I would love to know how many times Mark Beretta was called Barrettes at school. What I suspect about, never. What about just gun? Isn't there a Beretta gun? Hang on. How are Mel and Nat? Aren't they just their names? I would have thought so. It's just their names. Unless, you know, one of them called... Melvinella. And <laughs> why do they need to give all the presenters a nickname? Is it so the viewers think they're all one big happy family? Every weekend they go and watch each other's kids play sport and hold regular dinner parties? Yeah, right. I'm assuming the yeah, right, sarcastic. <laughs> well, you read it as such. I did, I did. <laughs> um, People angry about nicknames. But evidently last week uh, in, the, in the guide they had a lovely picture of Bridie Carter and her new son, Otis, because there was a plethora of letters saying what a lovely photo it was. <laughs> wow. Who the hell is Bridie Carter? I think she's, um, yeah, she's one of the McLeod's daughters, I believe. Okay. Right. Are there any McLeod's daughters left? I thought that there weren't... I, I didn't think there were any actual daughters left on McLeod's daughters. But uh, my sister-in-law watches it, so I'll find out about I that during the week. I thought they kept on finding a new one every like, <laughs> month. 
Oh, I just poked into this hail, <laughs> this bale of hay. I found another daughter. Fantastic. But the one, um, the one I thought deserved to win Letter of the Week was, I feel a fool for being misled by the characters on We Can Be Heroes, Finding the Australian of the Year. <laughs> but I still stand by my ground about the selection process. I just hope the panel realises that all the prospective nominees are played by the one person. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. Wait for it. It was just lucky he could find someone to play his twin Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but in reading rest other bits of the guide, I um, I, I suspect that um, yeah, they might have a problem because um, <laughs> just in their reviews, they seem to have uh, a bit of a problem with um, with any show that's on late. Um, for example, I have a review of Joker Poker. And um, uh, the end of the review says, if only it was on a bit earlier. Now, that's understandable. That's quarter to 12. Um, But then they've got uh, Vulture. And the review starts, doesn't anybody at the ABC sleep? Propping up those eyelids. uh, Yeah, prop up those eyelids for this show. It's on at five past ten. And then a bit later, they've got another review of it saying, laughs for those who can stay up late enough. Well, they are a morning paper. They do have to get it out first thing in the morning, Ross. I guess so. That's uh, that's the Herald Sun with uh, Letters of the Week this week. Just before Glenn Close comes in, the quiz, Brett Cropley. Do you want to go? The you inaugural go. The box cutters. Box cutters quiz. quiz. Oh, hang on. Box cutters quiz. Box cutters quiz. Box cutters quiz. Wow. We'll use that next week. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I believe we have two questions. Do if we? you have one, I have one. I have a question. Yes. Have a question. Shall, we, shall we start with I was, a two-question quiz? It, it'll be a two-question quiz. The winner of uh, this week's quiz has to email us before next uh, Thursday evening Australian Eastern Standard Time. The date of which would be the 29th of September, I'm thinking. Yeah, why the hell not? Okay. So should we make it they have to email by the 28th of September? Yeah, you have to email us by the 28th of September with the correct answers, not just any answers. Is that just for the overseas ones? Just in case. Just in case. 28th of of (laughs) September, two correct answers, one for each question, and you will win the forthcoming Box Cutters t-shirt, which will be designed by the winner of the Box Cutters designer logo competition. Question number one. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? One of you, ask a <laughs> bloody question. Well, I was just going to ask, uh, when uh, Jennifer Garner won her Golden Globe for Alias a few years ago, I was just wondering if any of our listeners can tell us which movie she thanked for getting her the role in Alias. Hmm. Hmm. Was it The Goonies? You're not allowed to guess. Oh, shit. <laughs> I want that T-shirt. <laughs> question number two. It's not, that's my job. Question number two. The second question of the... <laughs> <laughs> just ask it. We're so late again, Brad. Box Cutters Quiz is... Um, just tell us. Rove McManus. Rove's not actually his first name. What is his first name? Rove. Rove. McManus. That's... Ha- Hello, I'm Rove McManus. That's what he says. 
it's not his real not name. Not his real name. Not his real name. Wow. Many people don't even know that. Wow. Mm. It was a nickname given to him by his brother's sister, I think. Oh, sister. Yep, that sounds yep. right. Is that because he used to run away a lot? Apparently he forgets exactly how it came up. It we have just... two questions in a row because mm. listeners are going to be confused. Yep. Ross. Okay, question one. Oh, question, question number one. Uh, which, um, which film role did Jennifer Garner credit as getting her the role in Alias when she won the Golden Globe? I believe it was uh, maybe 1999 or in 2000. Which film role did she credit as getting her the role on Alias? Question number two. What's Rove McManus's real first name? Email the answers to both of those questions to theboxcutters at gmail.com and you can win yourself a future Boxcutters t-shirt. Ooh, futuristic. Ooh. And that brings us to the Glenn Close of another episode of Boxcutters. We'll see you again next week. Thanks for joining us this week. I'm Josh Canal, Ross McQueen. Brett Cropley. Good night. You are listening to Box Cutters.